Welcome back to another episode of the Statues Podcast. I'm your host, Danang. And I'm your co-host, Crystal. And for today's podcast, um, we're going to go ahead and start this one off with a clip, too. And he said, you remind me of this cartoon. And it's of this prisoner shaking the bars, desperately trying to get out. But on the right and the left, the bars are open. Uh-huh. And it was like, you know, at first I thought, oh, that's really cheesy. Uh-huh. But but then I thought, wait a minute, he's right. Because so many of us would rather be the prisoner shaking the bars saying, mm-hmm. I can't do anything about this. We don't want to look that it's open on the right or the left. Because then if we walk out and we go into the sunlight and there are no bars and we're free, with freedom comes responsibility. And now we have to take responsibility for our lives. We can't say, oh, the problem is, you know, that I'm trapped here. Right. Now, now it's like anything that happens is I'm responsible for that. And so change is hard for that reason. You know, it's it's easier to feel trapped in the whatever childhood drama, you know, right. that you're you're reenacting than to actually do something different where you might have to be responsible for your choices. We called this episode a prisoner of trauma. Mm-hmm. And when I think about what she says, it does correlate very well with uh, the title of this episode, mm-hmm. just because I think uh, what she said, freedom comes with a lot of responsibility. And I don't think anyone teaches us that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're taught to work hard and to fight for our freedom. And we're taught that we have freedom. Mm-hmm. But there are things that come with being free you know like it's like you said these things we weren't taught we weren't told it was kind of just if you go out on your own you're to deal with that there's really no one that like if you have a group of friends for example that don't go through the same thing there's really no one to lean on for advice or talk about because you really have to experience it yourself to to really understand it and it's not just about like the monetary portion too. It's about the physical and the emotional aspect as well too, that you have to prepare for. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, just thinking about what she said, you know, freedom comes with a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. I don't think many people see it that way. You know, a lot of people see it as, Oh, I have freedom. I can do whatever I want. But I think with, with freedom, the reason why we have responsibility is because we now have the freedom to understand more about the world, mm-hmm. more about the world that we live in, the world that we're placed in. You know, th- once you start and you have that freedom, the amount of the amount of knowledge that exists is is infinite, and yep. we we start to tap into certain things. You know, that's true. It's about prioritizing your responsibilities like for example if you're a student and you need to go and you know move away for school there is like there was responsibilities where yes you're gonna work a job but then your friends are asking you to go out you know which do you prioritize you get your sleep so you can go to work the next day or you go out and then you also work but you're gonna have a like a horrible time at work because you didn't get enough sleep or if you're at home but you know you need but you know you have an eight, like two exams this upcoming week. Are you going to go and study or are you going to go, you know, fool around with your friends? You know, these are things, they're difficult choices in the moment, but no one really tells you how hard it is. Because if you 
decide, okay, you're going to go study, you might lose that social life. You might lose that break away from reality. Yeah. And, you know, if I wanted to bring up an example where personally in my life, in Crystal's life, where uh, this played a really big um, part was when we first started dating, Mm -hmm. I think it was just very different because I grew up working. I grew up understanding that my parents didn't have money. And so for most of my high school and then going into college and then even after college, I was working. I had always been working. Mm-hmm. The moment I was legally able to work, I worked at McDonald's and stayed at McDonald's until after I left college. And, you know, it was embedded into me from my parents that no matter how many jobs you have, it's all it, the the quote is, it's the same shit, just in a different pile. And, you know, I understood that very young where it was like, if I wanted another job, it was going to be the same shit, just in a different pile. So what's the what's the point? Just just stick with the job, do what you need to do, get what you need to get, and work hard for what you really want, and then move your way up. And for me, you know, I understood that. But when I started dating Crystal, she didn't understand that. Her 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 and her sister didn't have this concept of working. Uh, we never. <laughs> we sound. I sound like such a bad person when I say this, but I never worked a day in my life until maybe was it three years ago Mm -hmm. yeah three years ago that's when i started you know working and making my own money and that's when i started doing things for myself (laughs) it sounds so bad because i just lived like a carefree life until until i met you like i didn't give a shit in the world like that's just that's just the reality and it's like I said, I'm thankful for my parents for providing, but there was a lot of things that I feel like I could have learned, especially if I worked in high school and, you know, like learning to manage time properly or, or learning to prioritize certain things. These are, I mean, I, I learned them now, but I wish I learned them earlier on in life. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I, I've never blamed you. This is part of growing up. This is part of learning. For me, I learned this very young. And there was a responsibility once I met you to not enforce what I learned onto you, but more so open your eyes to more than what you knew. Mm-hmm. Because you opened my eyes to what I didn't know either. And it was that world where it was like, oh, well, your parents are almost exactly like mine, but where, where is the, why is there such a difference in family dynamic? Mm, yes, yes, yes. And so being able to see the difference in that family dynamic where my parents didn't coddle us. My parents loved us and loved us a lot. It was actually my mom that m- talked to my dad about us going to work. Because mm-hmm, I know your dad didn't want you. Your my dad, dad pretty much like had you. the same yeah. same mindset as my parents. Where yeah. they, they worked so hard and they suffered a lot having you guys young too. And so he wanted to give you guys pretty much everything too. So that you guys didn't have to work. You guys didn't have to, to understand the struggle so hard. Yeah, but it was my mom that was uh, the one that was a little harder. And, mm-hmm. you know, like... I'm very grateful for it because it did teach us a lot. It taught us the value of what we had. Now, instead of, you know, like as kids, 
you don't really you don't really value the items that you have that are given to you because when it's gone it comes back they'll give they'll give you another but with my parents it was more like oh if you don't value what we give you then now you're gonna go work for it Mm -hmm. and so we valued everything from the shoes that we wore to you know what we carried in our pockets Mm -hmm. and i think i was extremely grateful for that but this is where it also comes with responsibility of there are certain things that I understand that when I meet certain people, they don't understand. And being able to share that knowledge and being able to share my stories is part of my responsibility to open that world of perspective. Mm-hmm. Because what you learned was also you had bills to pay. You you had things to prioritize that you knew that if you spent money on something else, you weren't going to be able to have enough money until your next paycheck to pay all these, you know, things that you had to. For me, my parents gave us their credit card. So it was like if we needed something, if we wanted to go out and eat with like our like, you know, after school, you hang out with some friends a little bit before the next bus comes. Just swipe a card, and that's it. So li- life was life was too easy. <laughs> and, and I'm very grateful for my parents, just because um, they had instilled in us how much money meant. Mm-hmm. For us, a dollar was a lot, and so I had always looked at it like. Even going to like Wendy's and eating just like a small tiny burger that's like $2. $2 to me was a lot. And when I looked at it as a kid, I was very grateful that I looked at it that way. Mm-hmm. Because when I saw it that way, it it allowed for me to understand the value in the money that I had. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I was working... When I was working at McDonald's when I started... I was one of those kids that really put my all into everything that I did. And so I took shifts. I worked extra hours. And you know what? Yeah, at the end of the day was I treated like shit I was. But I took a lot out of it. And I I took a lot of the values out of it that I learned. And that's what I'm grateful for. These values that I learned, such as time is money. I learned working eight hours only to make a few bucks, you know, that it teaches you a lot, especially as a kid. Mm-hmm. It teaches you that, yo, like the new iPhone comes out. Yo, I can't really afford that. It's OK. But, you know, there are parents where it's like you you talk to them and you're like, oh, I want a new iPhone. OK, no problem. I'll get it for you. They come home and they give it to you. And then well, you you break it the next day and they're like, OK, I'll get you another one. You know, and I've seen a lot of kids like that, too. And I'm very grateful for my parents because they've instilled in us these values that I think taught me to be this way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just like the title of our uh, the title of this episode, a prisoner of trauma, that is also what freedom is. This is also what everything else is. Right. Because when my company fell the first time, it was very traumatic for me. That was the first time that something on a bigger scale uh, fell. Mm-hmm. you know and there were there were these periods of a couple months where all i did was just not give a shit about anything it was just me going to work coming home sleeping going to work coming home sleeping and 
I was so traumatized by everything that the freedom that I had, I was not utilizing that freedom and I would rather have played the victim. Mm-hmm. You know? And this is what I mean by like a prisoner of trauma is just because there's like an event that happens to you. It's almost like you put yourself inside of that box. So all you see is that trauma. And you would rather you would rather shake the box and say, oh, this happened because this happened and that happened because of this. Mm-hmm. Like blaming your trauma on other things. Yeah, on other things except for yourself. Yeah. You know, oh, it's it was never me. It was that. It was this. Mm-hmm. And but, you know, it's exactly like she says right in the beginning of the clip. If you just look to the left and you look to the right, the box is open. The box has always been open. But you would have rather stayed looking in the front where there are two bars trying to shake that bar saying, oh, it's everyone else's fault. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, you know, like everyone's going to go through moments of this in their life. Let it be, you know, failing in school or let it be uh, getting fired at a job. Let it be, you know, a disagreement with your parents. There are going to be moments where you're going to be a prisoner of your own trauma. But that comes with freedom. That comes with the freedom that you've had up to that point. Mm-hmm. And when I think something that we forget in the moment is we feel like we are a prisoner because of the freedom that we had, but we still have the freedom while we're imprisoned. Mm-hmm. And that's what people don't remember is the freedom that we have while we're imprisoned. Mm-hmm. Because while we're stuck there, it, we're... It, it's it's like a mon like a momentary excuse to not not excuse but a like a momentary break from everything because mm-hmm. you're you're in that box and then it's just like okay whatever's on I got blinders on it, mm-hmm. it's it's just going by and you don't have to deal with it and it seems nice but at the same time like for me I would rather not live that way because then it seems so pointless it seems safe and it it's nice to be safe yeah you know but am i really living at that point am i really learning something or am i going to just repeat this action over and over again every time there's a problem that happens exactly and you know like for you and i you know like our relationship itself has a lot of trauma mm-hmm. but to imprison ourselves in the trauma in our relationship would only deteriorate the relationship that we have And so that's why, you know, we've worked so hard not to be prisoners of our trauma Mm -hmm. and and to rather look at the freedom that we have and explore that freedom and see what else there is within that freedom. Mm -hmm. Because it's not like we want to, you know, pretend it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. I I wish we could pretend that it didn't happen and, and, you know, turn a blind eye to it because then we're not faced with the fact that we are broken people. We are people that have gone through a lot of things and, you know, has, and we have to, you know, face it every day. But I like it that we're, you know, there are times where like, you know, majority of the time we don't have to think about it. We just live it. But then there are days where if we're like, you know, feeling down, we can talk to each other about it because it doesn't seem so... I don't know if the word like lonely is right, mm-hmm. but like it's maybe something along those lines. Yeah. No, and I feel that, you know, like 
I think with how many people deal with whatever they're dealing with in their life, they feel like a prisoner to trauma. But I think all it takes is for you to see how much freedom you have to be able to look outside of that and be like, okay, I can walk out of this. I'll be okay. And that you'll be strong enough to conquer your traumas and conquer your fears. And you know what? At the end of the day, yeah, it's going to be a long journey. It's going to be a super hard journey. It's like she says, you know, it's it's going to be hard. It's going to be extremely hard. Mm-hmm. It's like climbing, like climbing mountains. It's a, it's a long trek and it seems, seems endless, yeah. you know, but there's always going to, like, you're going to be able to reach that top. And when you reach that top and you look down and you see everything that you've gone through, you come out a much stronger person and a person who knows himself way much better than they did when they first started. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I I, I want to take it down this road because um, this was something that I did want to tie into the podcast was um, um, me and a couple of my cousins, we were working on a concert together. And... Um, See, this concert, it goes past what it is, right? It goes past just being a concert. It goes past what us promoting it and all that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. It goes past all that because for me, it, it, it is pretty deep. And I mean, I mean it in this way where it's like I have trauma with my own people, with, 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 with who I am, my heritage, everything. And for my listeners uh, that don't understand, um, I'm Hmong Canadian. And if you're wondering what Hmong is, you know, it's not Mongolian. It's not Chinese. It's not Vietnamese. It's not that. We are our own. We are Hmong. You're your own race, your own people. Just We do not have land. We do not have flags. We do not have anything that is technically ours. We are mountainous people that live in regions of China, Vietnam, Laos, Thailand, we live all over. And, um, you know, for a long time as a kid, I, I did hate my heritage a lot. I hated my heritage a lot because there were times where, you know, as a kid, they, people would ask you, oh, what are you? Are you Chinese? No, I'm Hmong. What is that? Oh, you know, we're, we're mountainous people. So you don't have land? No, we don't. So you're no one. And for a long time as a kid, that's what I, that's what I knew us as, no one. And, um, you know, this is this is going to relate to being a prisoner of trauma, because as a kid, I was traumatized by um, the stories that I was told about my people, about about um, what other people did to you guys and what you guys did to other people. Yeah, well, it was like the story about. So if you look up on YouTube uh, among people and then look up the secret war, the secret war. Oh, I don't know too much about it, okay? Like a war like amongst your people? No, no, no. So the secret war is an actual war that happened in uh, Thailand and Laos. And Hmong people were brought in. And uh, I can't remember what side we fought. I, I, I think we were fighting against the Vietnamese. And, yeah. and Hooray. No, and this is why I say, yeah. like, if Vietnamese people know us, then it's for that reason that they know us. I mean... 
I don't know how my parents know, or, or, or at least my aunt knows and my mom knows, but they know. Mm-hmm. I never grew up knowing just because I spent like 90, no, like 100% of my life here in Canada. So I didn't know who you guys were. And I, I understand the hostility mm-hmm. of why some people don't like me, okay? Yeah. Or, or, or when, you know, family members go out and they bump into, you know, other moon people and they you know say that you're married and they say i'm vietnamese i understand but it's like i said like maybe it's just me being like i i I don't want to be ignorant but it wasn't my war that that i fought in personally so i it's like i can't relate or um how to say this like i don't want to be ignorant when i say this again it's just like I, I just uh, you're not a part of it and yeah I get like it. like i'm not a either right like y- when i look you know at what it I'm getting at <laughs> yeah yeah and i get it but i think what traumatized me as a kid was hearing from my own uh dad and my own uncles that you know like uh who my grandpa was because when he, they were back in uh, laos and thailand there my grandpa was a general for the uh, he, he was a um, he was a general for the town that they lived in, so he was very well respected. But it was after the war and them coming to uh, Canada and America that um, a lot of the people that respected my grandpa no longer respected him because money was now um, a factor. Money was now a factor when you came to this country. When he came to this country, he didn't have anything. And so, because he didn't have anything, people also didn't respect him. And what you know, level? Oh, sorry. Whatever little that he did have, though, he gave it to a lot of people. I yeah. think we mentioned it too, like many times that he's. he's My grandpa was an extremely kind man. He'd man. always looked for. My grandpa married. Uh, my grandpa had two wives, so I had two grandmas. But not for the not for the ra- not for the same reasons that everyone would think, right? Mm-hmm. My grandpa actually married my second grandma to take her out of an abusive home and to take care of her and my two uncles and to hide her away from their abusive uh, father. And so her she husband. was married as the second wife, and so that he could take care of her. So. Th- this is what I've always wondered: was your your dad's mom is is your grandpa's first wife, and your uncle's mom is your grandpa's second wife? Like like she married in after, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's how it works. So something like that. I, I thought think. I thought he married. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. I thought he married. Um, no, no, no. So the first wife is, I think, my. Uh, my uncle's mom. Oh. So my, my uh, what we would call in my culture, a puhlu is the mm-hmm. older grandma. Mm-hmm. And then because my grandpa couldn't have kids with her and he wanted kids of his own, mm-hmm. he asked if my grandma would be okay if he would take on another wife so that he could have kids of his own to pass down everything to all of the kids. Not just my my grandpa's uh, own blood kid, but to, to her kids too, right? Mm-hmm. Like and so... That's, yeah, and so that's why the bond that my dad has with my uncles and the bond that I have with my cousins is so strong because we live by my grandpa's legacy. Mm-hmm. But 
when we talk about my grandpa's legacy, there's also a lot of darkness that lays in that legacy of betrayal. A lot of people betraying my uncle, uh, betraying my my uh, grandpa. Mm-hmm. His own family, too. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at Hmong people, f- for a long time as a kid, when I looked at Hmong people, we didn't have a huge Hmong community here in Kitchener. We don't have a huge Hmong community at all in Canada. Mm-hmm. So when I looked at Hmong people, I looked at Hmong people with a lot of hatred. I looked at Hmong people with a lot of um, like, uh, uh, like r- resentment? rage, rage and resentment. Yeah, because I only knew Hmong people for that. What like for betraying your own family and hurting your for own being, family? For being for being selfish. Oh, okay, okay, I get it. Yeah, and so. After high school, I got the opportunity to go down to Minnesota to visit my aunt for the first time. And Minnesota has a huge Hmong population, and I've got to see it for the first time. I got to see uh, what we call the Hmong village. It's like an indoor shopping area. But this is the first time I've seen that many Hmong people. I've never seen it in my life. I barely even speak the language because that's that's how young my grandpa and grandma's died. My dad and them didn't talk to me um, in 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 Hmong either because you know by that time we were already in school. Yeah. And so, for me, Hmong wasn't something that I really cared for. But it was after I went to Minnesota, and then I went once more after I finished college. Mm-hmm. But. The second time when I went, I went down to Cali, where another huge Hmong population lays. And I went for an event called J4. And Hmong people, when they celebrate J4, it's huge. And I got to see the collaboration of Hmong people. I got to see what I got to see Hmong culture through music, through clothing, through food, through all these aspects that I had never seen it before in my life. Mm-hmm. Because, but it's when all your people are able to be in one place and like truly become one people, mm-hmm. you know, become that a, a um, I don't want to call it community because it's 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 such a it's a word and it's so small. Like you guys become one again, like yeah. one whole, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And after that, it changed my whole perspective on uh, Hmong people and and how I looked at it. Because my uncles from down in the States, when I look at them, they were so proud to be Hmong. They, everyone was so proud to be Hmong. And for the first time in a long time, I felt I felt like this sense of... Embarrassment? Yeah, this sense of embarrassment that when I looked at what Hmong people were, were I couldn't feel it. And so when I came back, I talked to my mom and I, Mom, I didn't know Hmong people were like that and she goes yeah. because my mom is originally from there yeah and i told my mom that and she goes no you know what you saw is just a small percentage so if you think it's big no it's not because there's mong all around the states and you just didn't see it and you know that changed my perspective and that's why when i built my first company i tried to work very hard to build a company that we could go into the Hmong community and try to do things. But I failed the first time. And so I stopped. And I stopped for many years. Only recently coming back. 
And this is why um, I bring up this concert is because, yes, as much as I want this concert to be a success, I also want people to understand what this concert means, not only for me, but for the people working on it. This concert is called the Ilundu concert. And what that means is uh, basically under one sky. And we have artists performing from all over. Uh, we have from Thailand and Laos. We have from uh, all over the states. We have from our own city here too. And when, when I think about it, yeah, I am ashamed that we as Hmong Canadians don't have more to show. But this is a start, and I have to look at it as a start. Because uh, if you just look at it as just, you know, something small, you'll never get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. In spreading more awareness of your people and spreading, like, the beautiful culture, the clothing, the food, you know? And, and even if, I mean, all everybody has bad history in, in yeah. their culture and, and their and their country but it's still part of who you are and you're there's so much more to give them yeah and you know like and this is what i mean right is for years i've been a prisoner of trauma i've been a prisoner of of a lot of doubt Mm -hmm. and a lot of hate for my people but being able to go through the journey that i've gone through and and learn everything that i've learned in my career as well I feel like I do have a responsibility to come back and try to do the best that I can for my people here in my town. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that I don't like uh, these K-pop dances and I don't like all that kind of shit. But what I'm saying is that we should be proud of who we are. We should be proud of our heritage and our culture. And it's time to bring that back. And that's what this concert is for me. Is It's a means to... It's a means to put something back up that maybe has fallen for me. Maybe it's not fallen for anyone else. But I'm talking about for me. Is It's fallen for me. This hope that I've had for my community and for my heritage, it had fallen a long time ago. But now I'm able to come back and bring it back and do the best that I can with the skill sets that I have. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to do. Is come back and, and, and unite communities that are across the world not Mm -hmm. just one community but Hmong from across the world and the many people that don't know what Hmong are and to come and to be able to unite everyone together into one space that's true because even you know even if you guys are Hmong people Hmong people like the way like your dialect your like the way you wear your clothes to are very different depending on where you're from uh, you know like either from your either from laos or thailand or china or vietnam like your clothing is all different too completely different and that's what i've learned through this process is that like it could be the small things from like the shirt like pants or skirt or or the hat that you wear it's all different but that's what makes you guys so like beautiful Mm -hmm. you know is that even if you guys are different in many aspects you guys are all still one people mm-hmm. you know and i think that's what's so beautiful about my people right is when a lot of people ask me oh where are you from and i always say um, i'm Hmong canadian but my people are from the mountainous regions of laos and thailand 
and you know we 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 were also in China and Vietnam. When they say that, when they look at me after I say that, it's always like, "What? You don't have your own country?" No, we don't. But I think that's what's the most beautiful thing is we are able to take culture and embed it into heritage, mm-hmm. and so that's when, that's why when you look at among Chinese. Then you look at them and the way they sing, it's very different. Yes. The way they dress is very different. Then you go to Hmong Vietnam and you look at them and the way they sing and the way they dress and the way they do things is very different. And then you go to Thailand and Laos and it's, it, it's, it's, it's cool to see mm-hmm. how, our, how culture and heritage work together. I know it's it's really beautiful because you know in terms of like clothing you know for 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 like you know Hmong people that live in China and Vietnam you know they're very influenced by the country that mm-hmm. they live in you know and so it, it really shows what like how like how different yet how the same you guys are and I love that even like Hmong people in the states and in canada here in all of north america they still buy you know different clothings to 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 show off because at the end of the day you're still moan it doesn't matter how 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 you speak how you look mm-hmm. you're still moan and that's why like as like i said like i i've quite enjoyed the experience especially working on this concert no matter how many other things i feel it's it's beautiful to see how everybody's still able to come together. Mm-hmm. Even if there are, you know, like political differences or whatever it is, you're still able to put that aside and still work together. Yeah. And that's what I want to continue to do, not only for this concert, but for my people. And I will continue to fight for it. I will continue to fight for more unity in our community. To stop this spread of hate, to stop this spread of of false accusations from both sides, mm-hmm. okay, from both sides. I'm talking from every side that exists in the in our Hmong communities to stop it, and to finally just look at us as Hmong community, as a Hmong community from Thailand, Laos, America, Canada, from all over the place. If, just as Hmong people, not as Hmong people with exactly. different views or beliefs or whatever it is. And, like, this is something that I just saw earlier today was I saw a picture of these Hmong, these Hmong girls from France. And they were there with their, um, with uh, their, uh, I think, they were there with their friend. And their friend wasn't a Hmong. And she was wearing the uh, Hmong gown. And, you know, I thought about it and I was like, when we as Hmong look at other people like that, we are so honored. But how come we as Hmong cannot just look at us Hmong and take away the politics and just say we are Hmong? Mm-hmm. And this is where, you know, at the end of the day, it, it comes down to, you know, like we lose family over stupid fucking politics. We lose family mm-hmm. over stupid shit that exists in, within the Hmong communities. Mm-hmm. Like religion. We've talked about it, too, is that, like, I, I've said it, too, is that it makes me sad that, like, your own family, even with different religious beliefs, you're, you're not on the same page. You don't talk anymore. Like, you could be, you could have spent all your life, all, like, 
let's say, you know, 16 to 20 years of your life together in the same household, eating the same food, sharing the same parents, when it comes down to it and the religious and the political view, it's like, oh, okay, I don't know you anymore. Or, yeah. or like, we can't associate with each other. And it happens all over the world. But, but it's really sad when I see it in just in like a small community, in a small very small minority, okay? Yeah. Like, like we are a very small group. <laughs> we are like the minority amongst the minority, okay? And you know what? It's sad. It's really sad. Yeah. And like when you look up Hmong, and look, I get it. Because I know what people see in the news in the States. Oh, Hmong people shooting up this. Hmong people doing this. Hmong people doing that. Yeah, at the end of the day, we're humans, man. Like... Hmong people had to survive and they survived the best that they could with what they had and now you know I want to be able to give Hmong people a chance mm-hmm. and, and this is I also want to shout out uh, Dua Moa the, uh, he is an actor um, he was one of the act- he was uh, one of the I think he played Poe in yeah, Mulan yeah he played Poe in the live action Mulan uh, he's also done a, quite a bit of other work but I want to shout him out because he is a Hmong that really tries to put other Hmong people on and, and really cares for them. You know, you wouldn't expect for someone like him to be messaging other people back. Mm-hmm. But look, I, I messaged him and within like, what, 10 minutes he messages me back. And yeah, I'm super grateful. I'm grateful for people like him that understand that, you know, Mong is more than just what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want it to be. I want this concert. It means under one sky. We only have one sky in this damn world. And that we are all united as brothers and sisters. All united. Even through the darkness that lays in this world. We as Mong have only Mong. We are losing our heritage. We are losing our native tongue. We are, you, we are, I don't even know how to speak it no more. And I'm, I hope that through this concert, it opens up opportunities for me to take back my heritage, to take back my culture, to, to go back and say to myself, you know, I'm a proud Hmong and that I could do something for my, for my culture. Mm-hmm. When I listen to like stories about, like what Hmong people do and what Hmong people are. Yeah, where Hmong people should be in the world and not let it be music-wise, let it be Hollywood, let it be this and that. I know Hmong people can do better and I know Hmong people will do better. Mm-hmm. It's people like Duomua. It's people like, I want to say too, is people like myself that you know, we've gone through our career. Now it's time to turn back. It's time to give as much opportunity as we can to put as much as we can up mm-hmm. because I'm done being a prisoner of my trauma. I'm done hating what shouldn't be hated no more. You know, I've hated my people for so long because of the politics that we fight over, because of beliefs, because of religion. You're still family. You're still one people you know what like i say this too right is 
And for those that listen and don't understand, Hmong Klang is Hmong uh, that believe in the ghost. Hmong that believe in ghosts. In the afterlife. In the afterlife. So shamanism, like that kind of stuff. And then we have Hmong uh, people that go to church. So Christi- Christians and, and, and Catholics. When we look at it this way, there's so much hatred for both sides within our Hmong communities. Take all that away. Take it all away. We are just Hmong, and that's what it should be. Just like, you know, I have friends that are Christians. I have friends that are Muslims. I have friends that believe in the afterlife. But we all get along. But I can't even get along with my Hmong brothers and sisters that believe in the church. And for what? Because of years and years and years of hatred from our parents, 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 parents. Mm-hmm. It's fucking stupid. It's fucking dumb. Hatred should not run. That deep. Hatred should just... Look, hatred's got to stop. And someone's got to learn to make it stop. Mm-hmm. Someone's got to look to look beyond all that. It's like it's gone out of control without... Like, it's gone out of control to the point where, like, you guys didn't even... You guys, as children back then, didn't realize that was happening mm-hmm. until growing up and then... As you grow up, you start to realize more things. You're more per- perceptive of, of your surroundings, and you realize, shit, like, this was happening for a long time, and it really hit your generation, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and and families are just no more. Like, like, the word family doesn't even, like, exist properly, because even amongst, you know, families, they, they, children don't like how their parents are doing things, you know? And this goes out for, like, and, and, and this is not just the Hmong community. This is embedded in a lot of communities, but, oh, yeah, you know, no, like, communities too. Yeah, like, Hmong people are still very old tradition with marriage and with all this kind of shit, okay? And eventually, you know what? It takes, it takes us to teach our parents and to teach certain things about the changes in the world. Mm-hmm. But our, our culture and our heritage... There are things within our culture and heritage that can can stay the same, you know? Of course. We are losing our native tongue. We are losing a lot of the good heritage and the good culture that exists within our within what we are mm-hmm. and who we are. That's true. You know, yes. I don't believe in this old Hmong mindset that m- the men run the in the household. I don't believe in the old ways of among marriage. I don't believe in a lot of these things that should be by now developed into new, you know, new traditions. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's hard to, to break out of not, it's not hard to, you've always been the one where like, if, if, if there's something you want to do, you're going to do it. Yes. But this kind of view that you don't agree with anymore still runs in it still runs deep within my community yes and you know what it it's going to continue to run deep but this is why i say is that i want to give opportunities to people right now mm-hmm. so Show that, that they there's can, something else yeah so that there is more but and we also need people to be able to fight yeah. with us fight for a better community a bigger community mm-hmm. and this is what this concert is about is this concert is a charity uh, concert, and 
any donations that come in for the concert will be going to the Moan Crippled Children's uh, Charity. Yes. And it's not only for the charity, but it's to have Hmong people stand together. Hmong people be able to look at each other and say, you are my brother and you are my sister. That we are the same. That we must stand together and fight for new traditions, new a new world where there isn't hatred, where there is a lot more love, support. Because, mm-hmm. you know, among people, we lack a lot of support. Look, man, like, I'm so proud to see Hmong music develop into what it is today. But there isn't, there isn't a platform. Mm-hmm. There isn't a platform for Hmong artists where I can see Hmong artists grow monetary and yeah. grow as actual artists to become something bigger. You know, we only have these specific events. J4, we have Christmas, you know, we have these things. New Year's. New Year's. But, you know, we, we, we got to band together. We got to bring our communities together. Mm-hmm. And trust me, okay, trust me. I know I'm going to get hate for this shit. And I know I've been ready for hate. It's why I took on this mission. It's why I took on doing this concert. Because I'm ready for the hate to come. I've done this once before. And I failed miserably at it. But when I left... I vowed to myself that I would come back one day. But you're a different but, person now, too. Exactly. But that's why I said is, you know, like, I vowed to myself that I would come back. But I needed to come back better. I needed to come back stronger. I needed to come back mentally stronger. So that when I dealt with this shit, I could deal with this shit properly. And here I am. Putting together a concert. The Ilundu concert. August 14th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be a virtual concert. You just look it up on Facebook. I think the concert page is called the Elundu Virtual Concert. People can't spell it. If anything, we'll, we'll, we'll link it in yes, the we'll link bios. It in. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to my Hmong people too. And, and this is what I say, okay, is this is not only for Hmong people. I want to reach out to every community that's listening. The you know the 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 Chinese the the Vietnamese the the Americans the Canadians I want to reach out to everyone because you guys don't know Mo, and so I would love for you to be exposed ing- exposed to-, to heritage to culture that you're not aware of mm-hmm. because. I grew up with your cultures. I grew up with Chinese. I grew up with Vietnamese. I grew up with Canadians and Americans and and Muslims and all this kind of stuff. It's time, though. It's time for you. It sounds so cliche when I say this, but it's time for you and your community to 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 take back what was lost and 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 reclaim it again. You you know, so you guys can can flourish and thrive and now in a better environment where people know who you are and and can appreciate and love the beauty of your of your culture and the different religions that you guys have and 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 the race as a whole as Hmong people you know Mm -hmm. like there's so much you know that people are missing out on and hopefully they're able to see that during this concert 
Yeah, 100%. And you know what? Like, I'm probably going to insert like a clip here. But the clip is about uh, Steve Harvey talking about uh, a legacy, leaving behind a legacy. And Hmong people, we do believe in that. We believe in that heavy. We believe in our parents leaving us a legacy and our grandparents leaving us a legacy. And it's time that we do the legacies proud. That we carry our father's names. We carry our mother's, our mother's uh, pride. We carry our grandfather's pride. We carry our grandmother's pride. We carry their names, their pride. Your we carry ancestors. their heritage, cultures. We carry everything. And we now bring it to the forefront and stand with Americans, stand with Canadians, Chinese, Vietnamese. You know, we stand with the black communities. We stand with Muslims. We stand with, we stand now as one unified community. And not just one small Hmong community. But a, a huge community, worldwide community together we are blessed to live in america and blessed to live in canada where there's just a melting pot of culture heritage people we are blessed and yet here we are fighting against each other and we will continue and trust me one thing that i know is that there is going to be someone out there that says fuck all that there's going to be someone that says fuck you and your ideals there's going to be someone that tells you what a fucking dream. But you know what? There's also going to be people that stand and say, I agree. There's going to be someone that stands and says, we are one. Because we are one. The black communities, the, you know, we have the Americans, Canadians, like I said, Chinese, Vietnamese, Muslims, everyone, all of Hmong. We can stand as one, but are you willing to stand as one? When we, when we as a Hmong community can't even look at our own brothers and sisters and say we are one. When we as Hmongs look at our own people and we say, oh, you're a Hmong Christian, yo, fuck you. Fuck your beliefs. Oh, you're a Hmong shaman, yo, fuck your beliefs. You're going to fucking curse us. Yo, let me say one thing. We are just brothers and sisters at the end of the day that got to believe in something so that we feel better with our lives. That's what it is. It doesn't have to be hatred. We believe in what we believe in doesn't mean and doesn't it doesn't mean it makes us any different. Mm -hmm. If you can have Christian friends and you can have Muslim friends, then look at your mom brothers and sisters. Look at each other and say it's okay to forgive, to throw away the rage and the hatred. And to now replace that with love and kindness and support. Yeah, I know it's fucking cliche as shit. But let me let me say, you know, like for a long time I've hated Hmong people. A very long time I've hated Hmong people. Because what I saw Hmong people as was always very broken. Mm -hmm. Even even here. In my own city, where the culture and my people have a very, very small community. I'm talking about a very small community. I refuse to go to Hmong, Hmong New Year's here because Hmong New Year's here has nothing 
and I'm not talking about fun. I'm not talking about activities, but I'm talking about it's, not the it's right got representation. no it's got no proper representation for my culture and my heritage. Yeah, you wear monk clothes. Yeah, you do this. Yeah, you do that. But there is no proper proper representation for my culture and my heritage. When I went down to J4, that was the first time I looked at my people and I was embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. I looked at my people and said, holy shit, they are fucking proud people. It's the first time I've seen them be so proud and love each other and support each other. I saw Hmong vendors and people walking up to these Hmong vendors and saying, oh, wow, I love your work. I love your clothes. I love this. I love that. For the first time, I was exposed to Hmong music, and I looked at it, and man, I could see these guys. Oh, yo, this artist is playing. Oh, this is this is playing. You don't realize how big of a shock that is. For me, all I knew was Canadian and American music, Chinese music, Korean music. But now, you know what? It is time to be indulged in heritage and culture through music, through food, through clothes. This is what Hmong people are best at. Trust me. We as Hmong people should be proud of what we have. But we cannot be proud of what we have if we do not want to improve what we have. We have to improve every day. We have to get better every day. We have to get bigger every day. We cannot be traumatized by our past. We cannot go and blame other people anymore. We have the freedom to change. But freedom comes with a lot of responsibility. And are we willing to take that responsibility now to be better, to change for the better of our future? I want my children to be born with Vietnamese heritage and culture, Hmong heritage and culture, Canadian heritage and culture. And as they meet people in their life, to be open to their heritage and culture. It's why, um, it's why I love that uh, YouTube, uh, that YouTube, uh, that YouTuber uh, Kwang. Oh yes. Because he shares so much culture and heritage through food, and he shows so much appreciation for it. But that's just through food. We can do the same through food, music, clothes. We have it all, but are we willing to put aside our hatred, willing to put aside our differences to stand together? The Ilundu concert is not just a concert. I want people to come and see this melting pot of everything. To see what we wear. To see how beautiful our women look in their clothes. To see how beautiful our women look in the handmade clothes that our women make. The one that my wife got is from Vietnam, from Sapa. And it is handmade, done by the villagers there. We are going to shout her out on the concert. These are things that we have to learn to take pride in. To take pride in the woman and the hard work that they put in to make these beautiful clothes for people like my wife who is not even Hmong. She is Vietnamese. 
but can enjoy my culture the way I enjoy hers. I love Vietnamese pop music. I love Vietnamese food. And I will continue to indulge myself in this culture as well as in my own culture. Because I do not want to look at Vietnamese as an enemy. I do not want to look as Chinese as my enemy. We are one in the same now. What is done in the past is done now. We must put away the past and fight for a better future and a better today. What matters now is today. What matters now is tomorrow for my kids. So I will fight for today for me to change tomorrow for my kids. To change it so that my wife has a better experience of Hmong culture. You know, my sister-in-law, she came from the States and then came to Canada. And to hear her say, Hmong has nothing here in Canada is sad. But I want to be able to give that to her too. And give back her Hmong heritage and culture so that we can be proud as Hmong Canadians to see and to enjoy Hmong New Year's. New Year should be one of the happiest times for Hmong people. But trust me, when it comes to Hmong New Year's here, it's almost like a dread to go. It's almost like a debate. Do I want to go? There shouldn't be any debate like that. Because even for Vietnamese people, our our New Year celebration is is not special by any means. You know, like... I see, and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but every every time that we have gone, my family as a whole, there's not much. There's If people go, it's just so they can meet up with family, sit there, talk, and let the kids do whatever, and there's not much. And it's so sad because it's like you shouldn't ever question if you want to go. You should go because it's where your people are like in the same room for a very long time you know like it's where you get to wear your your the cultural clothing you know and and be able to show it off and be able to enjoy the festivities that are happening there it's like i said like you shouldn't ever question if you want to go but it's sad that it's gone to a point where now a lot of people don't want to go because it's just there's nothing there's nothing to look forward to yeah you know, like, I'll say this, right, is I learned more about my heritage and my culture from music than I did from going to Hmong school. That's sad. And the honest truth is I don't know the different dialects of Hmong. I don't know the difference. It all sounds the same because I've lost that part of who I am as a Hmong. I, I don't know because... I was not exposed to that as a kid. But it was a hard, it's hard too because you were taught one in school, but your parents spoke another one, another one at home. So it's like, it's all mixed and mashed now. And mm -hmm. you know what? But, and the reason I brought this up was not because, um, not, not to say that I don't know it and I'm not going to learn it. The reason why I even started this concert was a way for me to finally put my foot down and say, okay, it's time now. It's time for me to put my foot down and say, I'm going to get back into Hmong culture. 
it's time for me to learn my language. It's time for me to be proud of my people. Because now that I'm a married man, I want my people to be proud that I am a Hmong, but my wife is Vietnamese. But we can both appreciate each other's heritage and culture. So that this way, when I go to Vietnam, it's not going to be a struggle for me. And when you go to the States, it's not going to be a struggle for you. And that we will both be okay. But this is where it comes down to is I'm proud of how far Hmong has come. Look, we have people, we have Canadians and, and you know, Americans that learn our language. And if they can do it, people like me, I can do it. Mm-hmm. I just need to be able to do it. I just need to do it now. And I will, and I'll get there. With this concert, it's just one step. But one step in the right direction. With this concert, you know, it was very unplanned. When it happened, it started out as a joke. And now look at it. Now it's got a lot more meaning than what we started it off for. Mm-hmm. For me to be able to see someone like my sister who, number one, doesn't sing. Number two, doesn't know moan sing and learn Hmong just for this concert makes me very proud makes me very proud of my my heritage and my culture that Hmong can t- Hmong music can teach us anything and everything but now you know it's just about putting our, our foot forward and constantly moving forward with this concept and idea mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for all the participants of our concert I'm very grateful for all the guests and artists that have come and want to participate because they stand together for what this is, everything that it stands for, everything that it is. Mm -hmm. You know, like, with freedom comes responsibility. And we are now all free. We are free of the, we can be free of the guilt, of the hatred. But it's also embracing it and accepting it too that yeah. that makes the journey easier. Because if you can accept what happened to you and, and what you've done, then you know that like, you've acknowledged it and you're not running away from it. It's like, yes, I've embraced it. Let's tackle it from there. Like that's, that's the simplest way that I personally can explain it. Mm -hmm. I 100% agree. You know, like I'm proud to be Hmong. And now that I've had this opportunity and you know what? Like I give a big shout out to my cousin for, for bringing upon that opportunity. I, 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 I'm super happy I'm super happy That she brought upon this opportunity My cousin and my sister-in-law Because the, this opportunity Has now led to a point where It's opened my eyes To a lot more A lot more For what I could do For you know Hmong people To be a part of the community How to be a part of it properly to learn to embrace my my culture and my heritage. 
And I hope that, you know, those listening, whether you're Hmong or whether you're not, take the time and learn a perspective of someone who comes from uh, hatred for his culture and heritage. When you listen to this, you know, one thing that I do want you to take away is the willingness to want better and not stay with what we have. Whether it be for your own heritage and culture, whether it be for yourself. You know, a lot of people, you know, I want to say this too, right? It's it's okay to love K-pop. It's okay to love all this kind of shit. But I would love for Hmong people to do a lot more Hmong stuff, you know, to sing Hmong, to embrace a lot more of what we as Hmong offer, can offer. Man, like, this concert, if anything, this concert shown me that if, if my cousin and my sister can sing in Hmong and they suck at Hmong, and when they started, they sucked at Hmong, then, yo, like, anyone can. Anyone can do it. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, yo, my sister is not good at Hmong. I've never heard her speak a a lick of Hmong in my life. No, no, no. It's true because, you know, like, it's like I told your parents that, like, I have a hard time, like, and I've told you personally, too, is that I have a hard time speaking it because there are things that, like, for me, because Vietnamese is so, like, like, how do I say that? Like, so romanized in a way where, mm-hmm. like, it's very much so like the American alphabet, you know, that it's hard for me to be able to say certain things or bring out, like, the certain t- yeah. tones for certain words. But it's gotten to the point where, like, I can sing your sister's song and, like, and I know it. I might not be well at saying the words, yeah. but I, I but I know it enough that, like, I start to sing it in my head too. So so I get it, you know? Like the music does like wonders in, that, in, in you helping. Know, that's how I learned uh, to understand Hmong was listening to Hmong music and listening to my dad's Hmong songs every weekend. Mm-hmm. But it's hard, you know, because there's no like dictionary. Like there's no... Like, no, we do have a dictionary. Well, in terms of like... <laughs> In terms of, like, specific words, like, like there aren't specific words dedicated to one thing. It's, like, yeah. to explain it, you have to describe the whole thing. That's how you know what it is. Like, like, I, I'm just, like, I'm just picking, like, for Vietnamese, like, if there is, like, if, if it's, if it's the word meat, there's a, like, there's a specific Vietnamese word for meat, but for for the Hmong language, if you're trying to describe something, it's, like, a huge explanation of what it is to equal to just one simple word. That's why it's so... I mean, it's sometimes like that, right? No, no, it's sometimes like that. Not always like that. But for for uh, for people like me as an outsider, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to, to understand a, a, and learn the language just because, like for me personally, my brain doesn't work like that. So I, I've been having like a hard time. But at the same time, it's like I told, you know, mom and dad is like, oh, like speak more Hmong around me so that like at least then if like I'm learning it while 
they speak it and i'm starting to pick up certain words because of that it's just it's still it's a struggle but i'm getting there <laughs> no and i think that's why i'm very grateful right because my parents are a lot more modern mm-hmm. okay my sister my younger sister's uh boyfriend is guyanese but he can understand my parents when they speak Hmong. Mm-hmm. he can pick up certain words just like you can where it's like oh they say this then you're basically just connecting that word with you know other words that you understand because forming that your sentence parents also speak english when they speak Hmong, so they, they it's they, a mix it's a mix so it's like if you know what that one word is but then they mix the english in with it then you kind of understand what they're saying mm-hmm. so that's why i'm grateful that your parents speak both english and v- uh, not v- uh english and Hmong. so it's like okay i kind of know what they're saying and mm-hmm. i'm starting to pick up on certain words it's just it's it's hard because um you know through this whole experience you, you know with covid and everything I, i've been at home you know like i moved away from home so i have a brother who lives in vietnam too that you yeah. know about so it's like i'm learning to basically re-speak vietnamese properly exactly so i had to trust in myself <laughs> and so learning two languages at the same time that mm-hmm. are totally different too in terms of uh, you know spelling and how it sounds it's it's been hard but it's also been um quite an insightful journey you know mm-hmm. especially right now working on the concert with you and and your and the whole team it, it's been nice because i'm able to learn more things too mm-hmm. uh, 100% i agree i'm very grateful you know this concert has opened up doors to opportunities mm-hmm, for sure and for uh for listeners and for those that do stumble upon this i would love for you guys to join us join the concert see what Hmong music is like see what our Hmong clothes look like see what how passionate our people are about our culture and heritage um it's going to be on august 14th at 7 p.m eastern standard time uh we'll put the link down below but for those that are Hmong, just look up the Ilundu uh, virtual concert on Facebook. Uh, if not, you know what? Uh, follow, follow me or follow me or Crystal because we'll be posting up updates about the concert too. You can follow me on Instagram at Denang underscore Vang, and then what's yours? I think mine is Crystal underscore v98 and it's crystal with a c like crystal like c-r-y-s-t-a-l a lot of people tend to have a hard time <laughs> spelling my name mm. but it's it's crystal like the gem underscore v98 follow us there we're gonna be posting up updates yeah i i'm, I'm gonna be um posting quite a bit more updates now because of you know the concert and you know with the podcast too so we'll definitely keep you everybody updated with how everything is going it's Mm -hmm. gonna be it's gonna be a good event and it's going to share more about your culture and and our heritage yes and your heritage that's the word (laughs) so once again august 14th 7 p.m eastern standard time come join learn and indulge with us we would love to have you guys a part of it. We would love to have as many people as we could. This is not just for Hmong people. 
This is for everyone that is there. We are one community. We stand as one community. We are no longer about hate. Mm -hmm. Let us support and love each other as brothers and sisters from around the world, especially in 2021. We need love and support more than ever. So let us stand together as one and fight for a better future, fight for a better today for us and tomorrow for our kids. This is going to be the end of this podcast episode. We hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as we did talking about this one. I know that it might have sounded a little more, you know, for the concert, but I wanted to bring in my take about why I was doing this concert. No, but there's a lot of reasons why, like, it's not, it's not like advertising. It's more so the, um, the, the reasons be- why behind the scenes mm-hmm. and what we've learned through the process of doing this concert is what's important it's the lessons that we've learned and are taking away from it too at the end of the day that is very important yeah follow us on that facebook page i'll link it i'll i'll link it in the bio too um we're going to be posting out videos from um my cousin and everyone that's performing we're going to be showing the guest list uh the yeah the artist list that's coming up too so follow us there um Thank you so much. This is your host and co-host signing off.